Hi, I'm Rob Vilnev, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. As a leader, engaging your employees is all about listening. Set up tools for employees to safely and anonymously give feedback without repercussion. When you build a culture of listening, you can easily tune into negatives, take action, and turn them into positives. By doing this, you'll find that the disengaged employees you've maybe lost hope in can quickly become your strongest positive influencers. The takeaway here, your employees will tell you everything you need to do to improve your culture, so make listening a priority. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. You need to be available when a customer needs to reach you. Business depends on it. Rogers Unison provides the powerful features of a traditional desk phone in a simplified and truly mobile solution. No apps to download and launch. No mobile data usage charges for phone calls. No need to pay for unused landlines or desk phones. And the ability to route incoming calls to whoever's available. No more missed calls. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash unison. Is your startup financially fit? Join 10,000 entrepreneurs across Canada building financial foundations with Intuit QuickBooks. Attend a Startup Foundations workshop online or in a startup community near you and receive a free one-year subscription to QuickBooks Online. Visit www.startupcan.ca forward slash finance today to register. Get paid faster. Create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get started today at www.paypal.ca forward slash small business. As an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to work smarter, faster, simpler, and better. Grow your business your way with transformative tech like Microsoft Azure, Office 365, Windows 10, and more. Visit modernbiz.ca, that's modernbiz.ca, and see how Microsoft can help you run your business anytime, anywhere. Entrepreneurship doesn't have to be tough when it's cooked right. Co-founder of Relish Gourmet Burgers serves up well-done recipes for startup success. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across the country. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program don't forget to visit the itunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join startup canada to access training resources and a peer network to grow your success i am your host 
Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. Visit coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Rivers Corbett and welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. We have got a great guest today. It's Ms. Kylie Toe. She's the founder of Chic Geek. Chic Geek is a Calgary-based nonprofit building community for women at the intersection of technology and entrepreneurship. Wow, what an intersection. Kylie is a passionate person about building community, inspiring confidence in women, and leading by example. She was named top 40 under 40 by Avenue Magazine and has been profiled in Metro News as one of Calgary's heroes. All right. She has also been recognized as a need to know, which you now know she's here in the uh, in the studio with us. So that's good for all of us. And she was needed to know in Alberta through the Alberta Adventure. In 2016, Kylie represented uh, Alberta in the prestigious International Visitors Leadership Program, hosted by the U.S. Department of State, and was a voice for women in STEM on an international stage. In today's interview, we're going to be talking to Kylie about becoming a voice for women and being a voice for women in STEM and the challenges and opportunities that come with running a nonprofit organization. Kylie, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Rivers. Yeah. So let's just kind of dive right into this kind of need to know stuff. This is awesome. You were recognized as a need to know person by Alberta Venture. What do we need to know about you? Tell us about that. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's see. I'm an introvert. So this question always makes me a little nervous. (laughs) Um, But my journey really started in communications. So I've got a degree in communications and public relations. And I kind of stumbled upon this tech and startup scene in Calgary and fell in love with it. I was so inspired by other entrepreneurs who were building things and passionate and they just had so much energy. And I felt for the first time like, wow, this is where I need to be. I need to be surrounded by people like this. And that's kind of where the journey of Sheet Geek and my career really kicks off. Wow. Very, very cool. So, so, but why do you think that they they put you down as need to know? Get out of that introvert thing for a bit and tell us why do you think that, uh, that there was something deeper than just simply, oh, I kind of hung out. Um, thanks Rivers for, yeah, really making me dig a little deeper, you know, (laughs) um, Sheet Geek is an organization that I've been building for the past three years Yes, and it's been built on blood, sweat, and tears. Yes, And it's something that started because I think the community needed to see more women in technology. So it really has, it started as something that was this passion of the heart and it really has kind of shaped me into who I am today as an individual, as a leader, as a community member. And I think I come from a place that is giving first. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 
Well, then that's a, you know, that's, you, you, you talk about your heart and, um, and I think that that's a key part of any journey that a successful entrepreneur is on, a person that's a successful leader, a person that's a successful need to know. And, uh, and I appreciate your reference to the part about not wanting the limelight on you. And that, that says a lot about leadership itself. And, and so congratulations on that. So can you tell us about the geeky summit? I mean, just love all this, uh, this uh, wording you've got going. Tell us about that, please. What is it? <laughs> Yeah, so Geeky Summit was a full-day conference that we ran for the first time this year, celebrating the journeys of women in technology and entrepreneurship. So we had about 180 women and men come out for the event, and the theme was celebrating imperfection. So we wanted to talk about the things that we maybe don't do very well, and how do we celebrate those and move forward bravely anyway? And in addition, it was about learning new technology skills, exploring your entrepreneurial side. Um, So it was a lot of fun. It went really well. Wonderful. And um, I got a question for you because, you know, as a guy, when I see conferences, summits, events, whatever, that have a have a female overtone to them, um, you know, the guys kind of shy away from that because they're not feeling like they're wanted to be a part of this uh, of this discussion. What do you say to guys that are that are that are thinking that feeling that when they when they see uh, discussions centered around uh, women and events and so on? I really encourage them to be brave and step outside their comfort zone and be okay being, you know, maybe you are the only man in the room that might happen sometimes. Um, But you need to be there at the table being part of the conversation as well, because women need your support in order to make change happen. We need all genders involved. And, you know, if you're okay with not participating, that means that you're just maintaining the status quo. And we all know that that's not good enough right now. Right on. Well, there's a there's a great movement, and I and I say that in a very positive sense to, to opening the dialogue around uh, around women uh, and entrepreneurship and so on. And the stats show actually that uh, women in in entrepreneurial roles are actually more successful than men. And uh, I think as a guy, I, I I appreciate your challenge to me. I've been to a couple of, uh, of of those discussions, and they've been what they've been is very opening for me. They've been uh, I've learned a lot in that process, not only about myself, but of course about the entrepreneurial issues that I might have even thought about before as a, as an entrepreneur. So I, I, I appreciate that challenge. If, uh, if our listeners were you for a day, what, what, uh, tell us about what your day would look like and, uh, and, uh, really focus in on those things that move chic geek along and maybe some things that, that, that kind of resonate with you, any personal development stuff that you might do as part of your, uh, your whole journey with Sheet Geek. Sure. So I'm pretty lucky, I think, because my day is fairly independent. I get to make the call on, you know, what are my priorities? What's important? What do I want to work on for the day? Um, I'm working from home and coffee shops completely remote. Um, So our team, which is 25 people, are also remote. And a lot of them are working full time. So my day starts, it could be early morning, it could be late at night, it could be weekends. So it's really all over the place. But um, I like to start my day kind of getting through my inbox, feeling like I'm at, you know, kind of a ground zero and I can kind of start making progress on things. So the first couple of hours are, you know, responding to things, closing up conversations, and then I get to move forward into the fun stuff. And <laughs> this might be, you know, I actually do a lot of meetings, Rivers. Um, I'm pr- I probably meet over a hundred new people every year through Sheet Geek. And these might be community members, partners, sponsors, but 
I really say Sheet Geek is an organization built off coffee and conversations. And so this has been a really interesting kind of journey for me personally in my early career, but also for Sheet Geek as an organization. And you have one conversation and it can take you into all of these crazy unexpected places. But if you hadn't gone out for that one coffee, you might never have even known about it. I- I, lo- I love that you talk about a hundred meetings. I love about the fact you talk about conversation and you know, that's, that really hits with really what is the starting point for successful business is developing the leads. So can you talk about how, uh, from a business perspective, how you create those leads and then, um, for someone that is maybe you're, you're, by the way, I'm really getting more and more convinced you're not an introvert based on, based on the journey of your life and what you're doing, all the magical things you're doing, but say somebody is uh, really at the beginning stage, what, what do you suggest that they talk about once they have that meeting? So how do you get the meetings and ultimately mm-hmm. what do the, uh, what do you, how do you, how do you process those? How do they work? So I think there's two ways you can get people to connect with you. One is, and this is the one that I used all the time was I'm curious. I want to learn from you. You've got this great journey. How can you help me? And how can I apply that to my journey? And for the most part, people are so willing to meet with you and answer questions and help you along the way. So like if you're a student, I found that as an like as an introvert who had a very small network to start with, that was a great door opener for me. Mm. The second way, which I'm starting to use more now, is who do I know that knows you? Right. So how can I get the warm intro? Who's connected on LinkedIn? And this helps me reach people who tend to be um, sometimes a little higher up the food chain and are a little less open to meeting someone that's just, you know, kind of a cold email. Um, so that this technique does help as well. I am, uh, and I want to still talk about that conversation piece, but you know, the great John Maxwell said exactly like you did, he's, and that's how he built his network. He's, his, 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 his reference was almost like yours, but it's, it's, he would ask people, who do you know that I should know? And he just built it piece by piece by piece. And he says, the magical people that, that I got to speak to just because I asked that simple question. So I love that you reinforced that. Can you talk to us about the conversation? So, um, you know, it's you and I, I've got a script in front of me, so that's easy. You've got a script in front of you. What about we're just starting and we've connected and, uh, and we're meeting at one of your coffee shops. How, how do you guide that conversation? So I always come to it from a place of just absolute curiosity. Like, how can I get to know you? What, what drives you? What are you excited about? Tell me about your journey. What are some of, a lot of the conversation that you're having with me, Rivers? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I find that actually as an introvert, I can ask really good questions and it gives me the space to just be a listener and let Mm. the other person do a lot of the talking. So that actually has been a really great approach for me. And I didn't always think it was going to be a strength. Actually, I thought it was a big weakness for a long time. And I'm only now just learning that, oh, that can be a really powerful thing. Yeah, I love it. That's so awesome. Um, well, look, uh, Kylie, you've, uh, you know, involving and attracting women in tech and STEM isn't just an accidental movement. You know, there has to be a cognitive, has to be cognitive and, and a little bit calculated. Can, can you tell us as to how you are breaking barriers and changing that landscape? 
So we take two approaches to really engage more women in STEM. And the first one is about building confidence, learning new technologies. So Chic Geek, we focus on the technology side of things, but we are really trying to build a community of curiosity. Mm. So when more women are willing to learn, you know, we cover topics from digital analytics, e-commerce to, you know, how to do branding and use the Adobe suite because there's a technical component to that. And so it's this broad, far reaching coverage of technology. But when you are comfortable to learn, to explore, to, you know, try it out and not get it right the first time, that's the skill set that you apply to learning new technologies throughout your career. And that's how you get started and keep going. I want to dig a little deeper with that if I could Kylie and um, mm-hmm. and I want to I want to talk about this confidence uh, reference that you just made and you know what is what is one thing that we as entrepreneurs can do to break down that barrier of uh, of, of I want I don't even want to say lack of confidence I'll just call it a confidence concern uh, issue uh, how can we help women who were in that, uh, in that, in that environment where their, their confidence really isn't growing, it's, it's stagnant or actually going the opposite way. I think we all have, you know, regardless of gender, have a capacity to create an environment, a space, a culture where making mistakes is okay. And I think sometimes at this that perfectionism can freeze us and prevent us from trying new things and learning new technologies. So if I'm afraid that I'm not going to, you know, get Python the first time I learn it, I might not even try it. Right. But if I have a culture and a support and a community around me, that's like, hey, give it a try. You know, it might take you a while, but, you know, if you mess it up here, try this, then, okay, I'm much more willing to do that. So, you know, whether you're, the owner of a company or whether you're working in a team, how can you create a space where people feel comfortable making mistakes? It's, it's, uh, it's a great reference point. And one of the things um, I, I hang out in Fredericton at the, uh, at the clubhouse for entrepreneurs um, called planet hatch. And then it's so interesting. You talk about that, that space, that sense of community, that sense of can do. And uh, that's what we try to create here simply with entrepreneurs and accepting their ideas as just an idea and good for you to have the idea. Now, how do we take it to that next step? So I, I love that you're creating that in that environment of uh, it's okay. If you don't get it the first time, uh, nobody's perfect. Let's keep trying. Absolutely love that. Very cool. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints, from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are back. Let's get back to Chic Geek. And, um, you know, you've grown your business. You said you had over 25 uh, members on your team. We do. Yes. And it's an entirely volunteer run team. 
Fantastic. So I mean, that's just wonderful. I mean, being a volunteerism is such a higher level of entrepreneurship that uh, it takes a very unique strategy. How do you how do you engage volunteers to one start and two continue on the journey with uh, with your organization? Yeah, it's been a crazy ride with volunteers. I think in the past year, we have tripled our team. Um, so it's grown very quickly. And one of the things that I think we do in terms of the Sheik Geek culture is we treat everyone as an individual, that you come to Sheik Geek and you are a person first and a team member second. So we take an interest in what's going on in your work life, in your personal life, and how can we match that up with what you're doing at Sheet Geek. And so that really seems to be a way that we keep and engage our volunteers when they know that all of these pieces of their life can come and fit together in this one place that is Sheet Geek. Love it. So I, I, I've always said that, that business is ultimately a dating game, and uh, and particularly it's it should be a dating game in the honeymoon stage where it's always about the other person. You can't you can't get enough of giving to that other person. So when you talk about the person versus just being a member, what are some of the strategies that you put in place to uh, to uh, gather that that personal connection and then ultimately execute it on on a regular basis? One I think is a mindset of, I am going to come at this relationship, this, you know, dating phase from the most understanding place I could ever imagine that, you know, I could be having a conversation with, you know, of all come to this, or I'm not going to make it, or I dropped the ball and I can't do that. And instead of getting upset or angry about it, my job, uh, representing Sheet Geek is to be understanding. Mm. And when I can do that, when we do that, it helps to, like, you might not know that, hey, their grandma's really sick, or they just got laid off and they haven't told anyone yet, and this is how they're handling it. Mm. And when you come at it from a place of understanding first, it opens up the conversation and the dialogue for you to become a part of what's going on in their life. Yeah, that empathy works a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. How many women are on your team and how many men are on your team? Uh, we just got our first male volunteer. Nice. So. <laughs> nice. And what's his name? Yeah. His name is Sam. Nice. High five, Sam. Five. Good for you. <laughs> and where's he from? Uh, he's also from Calgary. So our full team, we've got 23 people in Calgary, one in Victoria and one in Ottawa. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, um, like you've, uh, you've started and you're now at today. Uh, what do you know today that you wish you had to know when you started? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got some really good advice when I was on that um, International Visitors Leadership Program hosted by the U.S. Department of State. This woman told me, she was like, you need to find the balance between doing the work that gets you seen and doing the work you love. Mm. So when you apply this to Sheet Geek, sometimes doing the work that gets us seen is like applying for, you know, award applications for, you know, doing media pitches, um, talking with reporters. And so that's great, but it's, it doesn't really, it's not building our programs. It's not running our events. It's not the on the ground stuff, but we need to find a balance because that kind of work gets us seen. It gets us out in the community. It expands our reach. It creates kind of an inbound marketing effect for Sheet Geek. 
So um, uh, I love the fact that you talked about branding, and I've I've always said that one of the biggest things, the most miss, uh, the thing that gets one of the least attention when startups happen is that whole branding exercise. And uh, so I love that you reinforced that and you talked about it helps you expand and gets you talking in different, uh, with, with different communities and so on. So let's, let's kind of take that extension and talk about what do you, where are you going to see yourself in a couple of years? I get the script says five years, but I always think that's kind of goofy to ask that question because it's really hard to guess that let alone two years, but where do you want to be? In, in two to three years? Oh, yeah. You know, this has been a journey at Chic Geek where a lot of the time I feel like I don't have the answer. So I'm always like, we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in a couple of years, I would love to see Chic Geek in more cities across Canada. So right now we are just in Calgary, right. but I'd like to see us in Edmonton, Vancouver, maybe Saskatoon. So start expanding in, you know, the Western Canada uh, as we can um, and running Geeky Summit in more cities as well. So our full day conference, how can we make that happen in cities across Canada? Because the message there is really important, um, celebrating women in technology and entrepreneurship. One of the questions I ask uh, uh, social entrepreneurs, and you are definitely a social entrepreneur, is this is this whole uh, and you talked about balance just a second ago, a balance between you got to put food on the table, you got you got to pay the mortgage, you've got to you know put sneakers on your feet. How do you how do you manage the financial side of your business, particularly where it's being driven by a volunteer base? Is there's there some sort of formula that you follow that it has to do do with financially or, or is, or is it really just a, a labor of love that you're on? That's got all the aspects of business, except for the financial part. You know, the financial part really wasn't important in the beginning. And I think if we had placed a stronger emphasis on it, we would have been maybe in a better place where we, than where we are now. Not like, don't get me wrong. We're, we're doing well, but it was always like, we don't need to make money because why the work we're doing is good. And that was the challenge of being a social entrepreneur and doing something for the community. What I realize now is that with money, you can increase capacity. Mm. You can have paid staff members who are going to grow, you know, sheet geek in in those multiple cities because that's very difficult to do on volunteer power. Um, and I think also it's uh, something that you apply as an individual. So I know that, you know, this year or year and a half at Sheet Geek is going to be really tight. And how can I maybe augment my income doing other projects or, you know, do I have a partner that supports me in this journey? Um so that's both individually and as an organization. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough balance, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I'm one of the ministers of the church here. You know, he uh, he was making fifty thousand dollars a year uh, running the church, and there was this inherent um, guilt to him that if he made more, it was actually taking away from the cause. And I said to him, well, "What about if you made another twenty thousand and it brought?" $2 million into the church. And it just caused a fundamental shift in his head mm-hmm. is that, is that social enterprises don't have to be poverty organizations. They can be very rich in resources, including financial, because then you can do so much more with them. And that's what the, the point that you're referencing. And, uh, you know, I think it's that, those aha moments that are great. And, uh, uh, for any organization that it's, it's okay to make money along the way because money can, uh, drive much, uh, much more things. So I 
I'm glad that you've uh, reinforced that. Um, so we talked about money being an obstacle. What are some other things that uh, that you would like to share with our audience, coast to coast, as to uh, obstacles uh, um, that you might have faced as an entrepreneur? I think uh, having a super strong vision of where you're going and the work that you're doing is key. And we learned this early on at Sheet Geek where, you know, it was like, we need to see more diversity in technology, but what exactly does that look like? So our first year was a year of experimenting and we didn't really have the answer. We ran a lot of different events. We tried some different things. Um, and at the end of that year, we kind of, we had a rough answer, but it wasn't super solid. And we actually ended up losing about half of the volunteer team who were like, you know, we don't know that we get behind this anymore, where mm. this is going and how we can support it. So if we had been more strategic from the get go, um, I think that would have been, that would have been stronger. But at the same time, Rivers, like I would be hesitant to say, wait until you've got it all figured out and then do it because sometimes you just, you need to do it and yeah. figure it out as you go. Well, are you happy where you're at right now? I am. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a good point you just make. Sometimes you just got to get going on. And there's, I mean, I always say, oh my gosh, would I ever love to have back, back that decision and that decision and save that money and save that money. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, you look at the, where you are now as an entrepreneur uh, on your vision uh, quest, are you happy with where you're at now, even with all the, all the challenges and warts to go along with it. And I, it's interesting. I think most of us say, yeah, I'm pretty happy with where I am right now. And uh, and so your point about just getting started is a great lesson to be learned. It's it's not going to be about perfection. And here's what's interesting: you'll still probably be, be happy as to where you're going to end up during that uh, during that journey anyway, even if you weren't ready to go 100. percent So uh, very very awesome. So if you're going to go to Toronto and to Saskatoon, what 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 would be your next city that you would want to go to? I'd yeah. love to go to Vancouver. Okay. So how would you make <laughs> um, that happen? For those for are, those that talk about expansion from a social enterprise perspective, that's what I'm really trying to get where your head is in order uh, to go to that next uh, and, and to go to that next level. What do you need to do? We're starting at a very grassroots level. So, you know, I mentioned those coffee and conversations on how we built Sheet Geek in Calgary, and it's very much the same for Vancouver. So, um, you know, it's easy for us to get there. It's a quick flight. And every time I'm in Vancouver, I'm meeting with community partners, um, companies, uh, community groups, and starting to get the word out about Sheet Geek. I'm seeing, you know, we ran our first pilot event in Vancouver. Um, we've got some great community support. So it's about to continuing fostering those relationships. And when we are ready to actually launch something in Vancouver, that we'll have the foundation mm. to support us there. I love it. Have the foundation ready to go before you get there. Great lesson. <laughs> how did you come in contact or contact with the with Startup Canada and how what role have they played in your life? Ah, Startup Canada has been part of my entrepreneurial career from the very beginning. Um, so it was one of the first resources that I was aware of as a new entrepreneur. Um, and I remember, I think, going to the Startup Awards when they were here. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of really great content that, and this podcast is one of them where I've right. been able to learn from the journeys of other entrepreneurs. Love it. What's your favorite book? Uh, right now, my favorite book is... Daring Greatly by Brené Brown. Ah, I love it. Tell us about it. Daring Greatly. Yeah. yeah. So I was reading this book at a time where 
I was really challenging my preconceived ideas about what it meant to be a leader. And I was struggling. Um, I thought that leaders needed to be, you know, someone that has all of the answers. That's always right. And it was a lot of pressure to keep up with that kind of standard I had set for myself. So I was reading this book by Brené Brown, and it's all about vulnerability. Mm. And that when you have the courage to be vulnerable, people will support you and kind of pick you back up. Yeah. And sorry, keep going. I had this one instance with my team. We were in the middle of planning Geeky Summit, the biggest event we've ever run. And I was just like, I was so overwhelmed. I could barely get up in the morning because I was, I was scared to face the day. And I was trying to shoulder it all on my own because I, I was like, this is what a leader is supposed to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, that's right. On the outside. <laughs> that's right. And I, there, there was a point where I couldn't do it anymore. Like it was my break point. And I said, okay, I'm going to share this with the team. So I called a team meeting and I told them, I was like, I'm struggling. This is what I'm going through. Here's why. And Instead of judging me for it or, you know, questioning why they were part of, you know, this team, everyone stepped up and it was like, how can I help? What do you need me to do? Can I do this? And the event planning went like splendidly. But as soon as it took me that kind of that courage to share that and then I got it back, it felt like tenfold. It's incredible, isn't it? When we watch these these stereotypical roles on TV and uh, and so on about the leader taking all the burden and putting everything on on uh, on her back and you know come with me type of thing, and rarely do we see the uh, the conversation that you just uh, you just had. But what's interesting is that when you dig deeper below the first surface of the onion, that's exactly what great leaders do. They bring people together during time that's a struggle, whether it's personally or whether it's as an organization, and they bring the team together to make it happen. And 99% of the time, the team will rally around. It's crazy mm-hmm. how we how we don't we don't uh, create those role models that show that. So I want to talk about team because I'm a firm believer that, that business is a team sport. And, um, how do you, uh, I mean, you just don't accept everybody who wants to be a volunteer. I'm sure. How do you qualify someone to be a, a, a part of your special team? We have a pretty rigorous uh, onboarding process, Rivers, and that's just because, you know, when we put in the time to invest in training a new team member, we need to make sure they're going to stick around and that they're going to be able to contribute and be, you know, a valuable part of the team. So, you know, we look for people who have been part of our community that have come out to our events that know what we do. And then we invite them for an interview. It might be with me or with a couple other members of the team that they'd be working closely with. And so it could be a group interview. And we encourage them to sign up as like, you know, a three month trial basis to be a volunteer. Let's see how it goes. Let's keep the communication channels open. Let's provide feedback. Um, And then at the end of that, if it's a thumbs up on both sides, then we kind of move forward with bringing them onto the team. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then how do you uh, how do you do your planning? Because you talked about your planning with regards to your event. Did uh, is there uh, an executive? Is there a, a committee? How do you plan? Because I'm sure you wouldn't involve. Well, maybe you do involve all 25 uh, members in um, in the planning going forward from a strategic perspective. 
Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> that would be too many people um, to, to manage all at once. I think we break it down so that our team runs our programs. In addition to Geeky Summit, we're doing um, tech talks, tech seminars, a mentorship program. So those things are running as sub teams and, and one team member might be involved with a couple of sub teams within Sheet Geek, um, but they're definitely smaller. I would say eight is probably our biggest team size. Fantastic, and and your uh, your your team has has um, uh, rallied behind your movement, what you're doing. So you're don't do you find yourself having to chase people to to do things, to respond, to connect, to uh, to plan. Absolutely, it's still a team of volunteers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. I always say that this is the most dedicated, passionate group of volunteers I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And, um, yeah. Well, I think that that whole onboarding process is, is, is part of your success. You, 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 it's stringent. It isn't just, it isn't just somebody raising their hand and saying, I can do it. Uh, even as a volunteer organization, there still is a mission to accomplish, uh, customers to look after and, uh, deliverables to do and, uh, and excellence to maintain. And, uh, I, I, I think your reference to the onboarding process is a, is a great lesson to anybody that's running a volunteer organization or has volunteers as part of their business is that there still needs to be a stringent process for all the reasons we just talked about. But here's the other thing I think it's cool is that then there's a sense of pride at, Hey, I was chosen. I made Mm -hmm. the team. And so therefore they'll, uh, you know, their, their commitment to the cause becomes that much stronger. So I applaud you for, uh, for one setting that up and then uh, keeping it uh, as a key part of your success. But I think whether they're volunteers or employees like that, uh, screening, that selection process, that onboarding, it is universal. Yeah, good point. Real good point. Well, Kylie, uh, it's uh, we've had a great conversation, and I want people to leave with lasting great wisdom from you. We've got an audience coast to coast that's uh, leaning in for the last nugget of uh, of introvert. Uh, knowledge, which again, I don't, I, I totally disagree with you. you, you <laughs> you've done a magical part in this uh, podcast and you're doing a magical part of, of uh, doing a, a great job with the uh, cheek geek, check, cheek, check geeks. All right. Um, so tell me uh, what are some words of advice that you would give to entrepreneurs? And if you want to focus into specifically social entrepreneurs, that's fine too. Hmm. And I mean, I think we need to start, well, one, challenging the way we think about entrepreneurship, that there might be listeners who aren't quite entrepreneurs yet, or who maybe need to apply some entrepreneurial thinking in, you know, their full-time day jobs. So I think what I'll leave them with is this idea of doing work that gets you seen and balancing that with the work that you love. So as an individual you know, volunteer to be part of that committee or to take on and run a part of that meeting or um, to go for lunch with your boss and there or use that in the company that you're building, just like we are at Sheet Geek. And I think that that message of, you know, when you put your head down and work hard, it doesn't always get you the recognition you deserve. Sometimes you need to ask for it as an individual and an organization. There's an old adage I live by. It ain't bragging if it's true, and there's nothing wrong with asking for it. Kylie, you have been awesome to speak to. Kylie Toe is the founder of Sheet Geek, 
Thank you for being an amazing guest on the show today, and uh, you keep on happening. and uh, And please stay in touch so we can uh, follow the magic you're you're doing for for your uh, for your clients now in Calgary and soon the rest of Canada. Thank you. Thank thanks, River. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Do you have a, like a top top one, two, or three that you say these are musts when you're building your brand as a startup? The, the number one uh, for definitely would be uh, patience. Um, and not patience in, in the sense of of sitting back and thinking everything's going to be okay, but patience in the sense of when you really are putting in those ridiculous hours, those 12 hour days, you know, those sleepless nights and you get on that grind and then you start to have those doubts. That's when you can exercise patience. Um, and the fact is, like you mentioned, it, it's, it could it could very well be a 25 year grind before you get that, that yeah. quote, quote unquote overnight success and then yeah. all of a sudden everyone will be telling you how lucky you are when you know when you really know everything you went through um and it's it's very easy to lose sight of that when you get caught up in kind of the daily hiccups and the yep. ups and downs of the grind right on. <laughs> but it's important to remember that it, it's all going it's, it's all leading to one point and as long as you've mapped out your goals effectively uh just don't waste a breath and you know you'll get there <laughs>